Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast. An exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. We are episode number 68. 68. When did you start that, like, like, I don't know, Patrick from SpongeBob sounding voice? What's up, my master? You know what's really good? Shumley does a really good SpongeBob impression. What? Can you do it for us? Ah! <laughs> it's really good. See, that when was you unexpected. Spend so much time with How these people in this, this podcast, out? right? No, because we when we spend so much time together, all of this our weird quirks come out. You know, yeah. like like Priya just rubbed her nose on the microphone. Okay, we did not have to talk about that. <laughs> and, and I learned yeah. that you did that through the sound check, actually. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's such a good SpongeBob impression. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ah! <laughs> oh right, my name is Thomas Segita. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Prithar Shani. And I'm Shamali with a good SpongeBob laugh. That was impression. really, really good. I really That's enjoyed funny. that. We're Did you see far. the sign? Did you see the sign the producer made? Oh, for episode number 68? Yeah, check it Sorry, out. Sorry, I missed it. Oh. It says percentage of swiftiness, and it has three of us drawn oh, in it. And oh, wow. then how much swiftiness we have in us. And you know what's interesting? Oh, that's cool. a that's a lot that's- of swiftiness. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? For this this episode, we get our amazing social media manager, Ooh. Ella, who's oh, gonna join nice. us. Please Hi, introduce Ella. yourself. Hello, hello. That's so, her voice. That is Ella, and Ella is the reason why we we are doing okay on <laughs> doing great i uh, thought you were gonna say it she's the reason taylor swift exists in our podcast <laughs> well and that also, too that also too that. also that but the we, reason we have a strong social media presence is all thanks to this wizard of a woman ella. Ella. thank ella. you thank you ella and so ella has a microphone today so she's gonna be chiming in here and there here and there feel free to add your thoughts ella you Thank got you. this. <laughs> All right. So we are on chapter nine, text number 13, but a quick recap of our last episode. I mean, um, basically, yeah, we're still in the section of chapter nine, the most confidential knowledge, the sweetest part. We're learning more and more and more about Krishna. And um, in the last two texts, he basically was saying that, um, you know, he is not a material. He mm-hmm. is just a regular person for some people, but he's a supreme personality for, right. of Godhead in a general sense. He like reveals he, that side to his purest devotees. Yeah. Yes. And, and a lot of people think he's just a man or a friend or like a politician or whatever, but actually... They are fools. They are fools. Yeah. And they do not understand him, right? So we get to know, when you get to know Krishna, you understand that these are ways in which he creates relationships with people, but he is the supreme personality of Godhead. Right. And so and it's easy to mistake him. <clears throat> we see this regular human form and we think, really? This is God? But we talked about that's one of the the abilities of his transcendental form. He's able to take up any form he wants. Don't you think that if he created all of our human forms, he has the capacity to also embody that human form? Yeah. We can't have anything that our source doesn't have just quite literally scientifically we can't have more than our source so it makes sense if we have a human form krishna can if he wants to as well yeah and so he basically was talking about people who are deluded or um what's another word bewildered bewildered that's a good one too they do not really understand him and so now Mm -hmm. he's going to go to text 13 and tell us about those who are not okay fun all right invocation please ladies Yananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha 
Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual teacher opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. Mm-hmm. Okay, Priya Darshani, you ready to take it away? Text 13. Let's do it. Oh, son of Pritha, those who are not deluded, the great souls, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me, Krishna, as the supreme personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. Mm. So, yeah, basically this verse is describing these great souls, or in other words, they're called Mahatmas. The description is clearly given. So the first sign of the Mahatma is that he's already situated in the divine nature. In other words, he's basically not controlled by material nature. Mm. So Krishna is talking specifically of those that are have reached a different level of understanding mm-hmm. him. Not just like you, us here sitting down who kind of understand the concept of us, the soul, Krishna and everything, but he's saying beyond that, right? Who are right. not affected by material nature, who are, right. what does that look like? Tell us more Shamali or Shama. But isn't that, isn't he saying like the opposite of the, the atheists, right? The opposite of the people who don't believe in God, they are under the protection of divine nature, meaning well, like people who believe that Krishna is God. Right. There is another verse that Krishna says, if you're my, uh, you know, my devotees are all protected by me. So I think there's a generalization that could be placed for anyone who's a devotee. But I think they're being very specific to what level of great Mm -hmm. soul in Mm -hmm. this particular one. I think they're trying to say like the ultimate level, the ideal circumstance. But we're all trying to. We we try to be that Mm -hmm. and we seek the guidance of those Mahatmas. So hopefully some of their spiritual potency rubs off on us. And I like the question, what does that look like, Priya, that you had asked? My first thought is, okay, if a Mahatma is already situated in divine nature, they're steady, they're unwavering, not only in the good moments, but also in the difficult moments. Mm -hmm. Like I think of my spiritual master witnessing him passing away. I know he is a Mahatma, his soul that still is... Uh, existing is a Mahatma because at it, it, when facing that ultimate test, the time of death, he was not wavering. He was so steady. He was not afraid at all. And that is a Mahatma, one who's yeah. already situated, not just in the good times, but then when there's a little turbulence, they freak out. No, they're always situated already. I, I just want to say, I like the word Mahatma because it comes from the adding of Maha, which is mm. greatness, and mm. Atma, which is soul. Oh, so it literally means soul. great soul. I like wow. that breakdown, Priya. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, Maha, greatness, like we think of Maha great. Prashad. Great. Maha Prashad is like the food that's been offered to Krishna. Great food, great soul, Maha and Mm -hmm. Atma, soul. Elevated. Yeah, Yeah. I probably have read that word maybe a hundred times, but that was the first time that you broke (laughs) it down. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) it's elevated. Like it's great. Like uh, like, um, uh, synonyms for wonderful. But elevated also like for elevated food offerings, right? Why are they elevated? Because they're offered to God or and stuff like that. So Totally. And basically how we're saying a Mahatma is one who's already situated and they're not under the control of material nature. And how does that happen? Because when one surrenders unto Krishna, unto the Supreme Lord, at once we become free of the control of material nature. So we're trying, we're trying ourselves on our path to become surrendered. And I like this part's important. That is the preliminary formula. Because being us being Krishna's marginal potency, as soon as the living entity or us are freed from the control of material nature, we are put under the guidance of the spiritual nature. And I underline that part in red. I'm going to read it again. Surrendering is the preliminary formula because as soon as we're freed of the control of marginal or sorry, as soon as we're freed of the control of material nature, 
Right. Start from the beginning. <laughs> Rewind. As soon as we're freed from the control of material nature, we are put under the guidance of the spiritual nature. And I love that thought of the guidance of spiritual nature as this strong potency that is literally guiding us. So I put a little sticky note. What does that mean? I want to break it down. What does it mean to be put under the guidance of spiritual nature? So to me, this means, and I would like to hear your thoughts, on a very high level, the super soul or Krishna in our hearts is essentially inspiring all of our words and actions. And when I see that, I think of gurus, our spiritual teachers who are representatives of Krishna, and they've gotten to such a stage where they're so in tune with the subtle, soft voice of the super soul mm -hmm. that they're acting on a moment to moment basis in line with the guidance of the super soul. Mm -hmm. So their words, their actions, are so inspired by that soft guidance of the super soul. One might say intuition, gut feeling. It's Krishna in your heart, almost whispering in your ear, guiding you in a moment to moment basis. You are never alone. So when I read that line, that surrendering is the preliminary formula because it leads us to being under the guidance of the spiritual nature. And that's the spiritual nature that will guide you in everything. Like my guru's guru, my teacher's teacher said, I'm praying to say something bona fide, to say something guided, mm. you know, he's hoping to surrender to the point where all of our words and actions are guided by the super soul. And now that's difficult because to hear that soft whisper, you have to first quiet the mind, quiet mm. the senses. You have to be able to be in control of everything to the point where you can hear the gentle voice of the super soul. Mm. And that takes elevating your consciousness. It's not like we can all like, oh, Krishna's telling me on a moment to moment basis what to do. Yes, he's telling all of us, but can we hear it? It's hard. The, this is, this seems really, uh, so the question, are we aspiring to be Mahatmas in this life? You know what? Yeah, I think I have an answer to that. And that's actually Prabhupada's answer. Pro, someone asked Prabhupada. Mm. Prabhupada, how long does it take to become a pure devotee? Yeah. A Mahatma would be a great soul, a pure devotee. And Prabhupada said, it can happen in a moment. Because technically, it, now realistically, it takes time. But technically, it's all up to our level of surrender. It can, for any of us, happen in just takes one moment to really get in the right frame of mind, the right consciousness, the right perspective shift, and boom, you feel it. It can just take a moment. Take a okay, so it could take, but a it can moment. also take a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I'm that. But are we more, aspiring? Is that? Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning more towards this whole lifetime business because we're aspiring to be these great souls. And the reason why it feels like kind of a bit of a climb there's there's this there's a sentence in the purport that's like a mahatma does not divert his attention to anything outside of Krishna. Mm. And could you imagine doing that right now? Like we divert <laughs> our attention all the time. Yeah. Like we're Netflix or TikTok or just like mo movies. Like we like we're right. not in that place, especially this younger generation. Like yeah. just having your attention on something for right. more than a couple of seconds is hard, right? Yeah, but I think that the previous. Oh, sorry, if you don't mind. No, no, go ahead. The the previous uh, like the generation of proud but they basically like left all of their everything everything, everything and they right. just surrender and they went to the temple and they did like service to the community and they devoted their whole lives to this practice of Krishna consciousness and so like looking at them we think like well how could we ever be that devoted because we are householders grihastas we are mm -hmm. living in this material world and we're part of it and so I understand what you're saying it seems hard but Krishna says that it's it will come naturally yeah because mm -hmm. basically just by taking one step, right? Just by um, trying to understand Krishna better and then by purifying our hearts, by 
controlling our senses, by doing all of this naturally, like the side effects, the positive side effects or the benefits of these, mm-hmm. these efforts that we do is that naturally we get better qualities. Naturally, mm-hmm. we lose mm-hmm. interest in things that um, maybe are just more distractions from Krishna. And I can give you a silly example. Yes. Um, I be, I, I, I've been vegetarian my whole life, but I was vegan for about seven years. <clears throat> And I was vegan because of health concerns, just like health stuff. And um, and it was really hard at first. And then eventually it became very natural. And I was very comfortable being vegan. And uh, the, the more the years passed, the more disgusting cheese seemed to me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I love cheese, okay? I come from a Hispanic family where we love cheese, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very, very loved. And so, but it became disgusting. It became uninteresting. If someone offered me like a cheese pizza, I'd be like, oh, no, thank you. That looks heavy. That looks like... Right. And so I think in a similar way, I think that when you sort of purify your process a little bit at a time, you get to this place where it's um, no longer interesting Mm. to maybe like you're like, oh, you know what? I don't really feel like watching TV. I'd rather go on a walk and chant my job. Like some people really have that taste and it takes a while. It takes a a long time. For sure. And maybe we're not there yet, but I think there's aspiration because I've definitely seen people who have a, a little bit of that. Yeah. And we've seen other people who live that. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And so, I, but, but knowing that some people have a little bit of it is what gives me hope because right. I think giving, like, knowing that someone fully, fully has it is like they devoted everything. And how do you give, how do you, how do you give up, give up everything, right? That this mm. seems much harder. Yep. But just having more of that taste for Krishna, yeah. right. that's all we're working on. Yeah. And Everything you know what? will come naturally. I it, love that. If it feels a little hopeless, because that line that you read, Shama, might might give someone the feeling of, oof, will I ever get to that level of just wanting that? The line right after the one you read, I like because it's hopeful. It says, such a Mahatma or great soul develops through association with other Mahatmas, pure devotees. Mm. And that's kind of what we're doing when we're in doing Sadhu Sangha. We're getting together with groups of devotees. When we're able to be in the presence of these great souls, their greatness rubs off on us. Oh, yeah. And their attraction to Krishna rubs off on us. And then it's not so difficult. It's not all on our own shoulders to struggle. No, we just have to be around great devotees and we can do it too. Hashtag Mahatma gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that almost re- sounded yeah. like Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. That's really Let's close. Let's get that trending. That's, That's good. funny. Um, and I think like in terms of that, like we talk about a lot, a lot about association and I think there's two types of association that are kind of important. Just personally speaking, yeah. not Prabhupada or, you know, Krishna saying this necessarily, but just, I think that it's good to have peers right. who are experiencing the same struggles, who are all of that. And then I think there's also something beautiful about having senior or like older uh devotees right. as association too because they're inspiring right because mm-hmm. you see how they live their lives and they're just a little step ahead of you or a few right. steps ahead of you and they're like oh cool like wow i can make my life more krishna right. more krishna conscious right and you know what very much to shama your point and then priya later you had reframed you had said yeah maybe you're feeling that way because how could we dedicate everything if we're householders we're this we're that we have these roles in a few, either the next one or the one after that, the purport, it says anyone can become a Mahatma, a Grihasta, meaning a householder. Uh, no matter what stage in life you're in, you can also become a Mahatma. So you even don't, me? Even me? <laughs> yes. Are you guys Pinocchio? <laughs> I'm real boy. Yeah. So you don't have to feel that, oh, I have to be in the renounced order and actually give up everything to be a Mahatma. Because we've talked about so many times, this is a stage of consciousness. So I may out of duty have to have a worldly job to maintain myself and get food for my family, but it's all in my consciousness, right? So there is hope. Hashtag hope. 
to join yeah. the Mahatma gang. <laughs> All right, should we go to the next text? Yeah. Yes, 14. All right, Krishna is saying, <clears throat> always chanting my glories, endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. Mm. I want to just say one thing before we break down the text. When I first read this, I just almost had a flash of someone who might be newer to Bhakti or first hear this think, oh, what a egotistical, self-centered God who wants us to just bow down to him. I don't know, that kind of uh, devil's advocate voice rang in my head. And I just want to clarify, Krishna doesn't need this for himself because Krishna is totally self-satisfied. This is truly for us because we're actually deeply only fulfilled on a soul level when we are connected to our source, because everything else in this world is just transitory and impermanent. We will, of course, find happiness in different places, but it's temporary. So our true everlasting satisfaction comes when we do these things and reconnect to Krishna. So he's not saying this for him, but really for us. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and yeah, that is the first time Krishna says something like "bow down before me," right? Right. So some your ears might perk and be like, "Oh," but also it's also like this sign of respect. We show I was say yeah, that. show mm -hmm. respect to so many mm -hmm. different types of people and relationships in our life, and it's like this is what what God is asking. If you truly believe in this divine entity that is the source of everything, then right. that is the least that we can do. Exactly. Right? And just like in any relationship, you need respect. Mm -hmm. Right. So, this is just another way. And, you know, I think this is a good moment if, I, if I'm if i able to uh, interject a short story, because here it says, uh, great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. He's not saying only bhakti yogis. He's saying great souls worship me. And that my mind went to Krishna appears to everybody when their consciousness and their heart is open. And this mm. reminded me of a story my dad shared with our family an incredible story of this Catholic mystic who was deemed a saint from the 16th century. Her name is St. Teresa of Avila. And get this, I'll just tell you the little hook and then I'll tell you the story. She had a vision of Krishna in Vrindavan. She wasn't a bhakti yogi. She was a Catholic saint, later became a saint, who was a mystic. So oh. basically St. Teresa in uh, Seville... Sevilla, Seville, recorded her accounts of consciousness, they were called, kind of, I guess, like a journal that she kept. And it says in chapter 38 on August 9th, 1575, here's what she wrote. This was, I think, a vision that came to her and she just started describing it. So again, no previous knowledge of Krishna before this. So she says, suddenly a recollection came to me with such a great interior light that I seemed to be in another world and my spirit found itself within itself in a very delightful forest and orchard, so much so that it made me remember what it said in the Song of Songs. And it quotes it, I think, in, in uh, what is this? Not uh, Hebrew? No, 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 no. What is the ancient language? Beniat dilectus. Oh, Latin. Latin. Oh, Latin. Brain mm. fart. So it, it, she quotes this that... Uh, Come he, my beloved, to his garden and eat its delicate fruits. So kind of like the eternal garden it made her think of. And she says, I saw there in this delicious place where great souls go 
a blackish youth with a strange beauty. On top of his head, he had something like a garland, not a crown, of great precious stones, and many maidens who walked there with him, <laughs> with bouquets in their hands, all singing praises to God. I did nothing but open my eyes so as not to be distracted, and it was not possible for me to, my, to take my attention off it. There was a music of angels and singing of birds, which the soul enjoyed, although I did not hear it with my physical ears, but the soul was in that delight. I looked as there was no other man there. This lasted for more than an hour and a half that I could not take my eyes off or my attention, and with great delight, something different from other visions, and what I got from there was more love for God and keeping him more deeply present with that beauty. It is not possible that it was imagination. What is what is going on? Wow, that's amazing. That's right? wild. Like, Oh my God, this was a Catholic mystic saint from the 1600s who had no prior image of Krishna, a blackish youth with his like eternal gopis around him. Oh my, I got chills the first time I read this. Where'd you hear this this story? My dad sent this story that a devotee back in the community in Dallas had told him about. Um, And hopefully we can post this story, just like a link to it if you want to read it on our Instagram. But, you know, it makes me think Krishna reveals himself to those great souls. Doesn't matter what you're path is, where you're from, doesn't matter what religion you are. These are all distinctions we might make in this human form, but the soul knows its eternal divine connection wow. to God. And he, Krishna revealed himself to this saintly woman. How That's lucky. amazing. Oh so my lucky. God, right? And amazing that she wrote it down, amazing that it was shared with others. I think that's the greatest joy, right? When we like have realizations and others get to like be inspired by mm-hmm. them. That's amazing. Right. That she saw that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. That was yeah. lovely. Is there anything else you want to say in terms of this text? Mm. Well, I just, uh, I like that Prabhupada clarifies how when the question of glorification is there, one has to glorify the Supreme, praising his name, form, qualities. Like what does glorification mean? It means talking about every aspect of him, his pastimes, all of these things. And that's why, therefore, Mahatma is attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So basically glorifying him means, you know, when you're in love, what do you want to do? You want to think of the person. You want to talk about them. He said this. Oh, my God. It was so sweet. He said that. He looks like this. Anything about him. The Mahatma's always engaged in basically these different activities of devotional service. It also says that the Mahatmas or great souls are strictly, um, they strictly observe all these rules mm-hmm. and regulations and therefore they're sure to achieve the desired result. And right. I think like it's important to remember that there is like the heart connection. Exactly. And then there is like the the, fo- the steps to follow. Because totally. we can be really whimsical and be like, I love God and then have no actual... Right path on how to connect deeper yeah. no execution right so right. there's a there's a need for execution as well and there's a need for understanding so for example we do ekadashis which totally. are austerities in which we fast of from grains and there's different things that you can do right so it's not just like i love god and that's it you know there's right. there's steps so that's that's right. why it's great to have the bhagavad gita and understand amahatma is connected to krishna from the heart but also like very right fixed fixed that's a great word thank you yeah yeah, yeah Prabhupada says the mahatma has firm determination i think this is what you're describing to mm-hmm. achieve all the ultimate uh, oh i like this yeah the mahatma has firm determination to achieve at the ultimate end the association of the supreme lord in any one of the five moods or rasas you know so they're like you're saying priya they're very fixed 
They yeah. want it so badly. They have that drive that nothing's going to get in my way. Oh, I'm feeling a little whatever. I don't think I can chant today. And I, no. I think it's like even beyond that, right? Like it's like their, their consistency. It's not even mm-hmm. about want or desire or anything. It's like, it's just like regulated. They're totally. fixed. They're, so they're like every day they wake up, they think of Krishna, they do, they, they bathe, they make food, they offer to Krishna. Like the routines give them like a a clear path that there's just not going to be as many distractions as the exactly. ones we have, right? When you lead a life so simple, right? It's like, uh, what is that simple living, high thinking? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. So I think that's kind of the intention totally. too. At that point, you're not like, oh, let me, do I watch Netflix or do I chant my rounds? It's not yeah. about that at that point anymore. You're already at that mm-hmm. form of my day, my free time is for chanting. Right. Right? Like it's a completely different consciousness right. when you get to that point. I right? mean, yeah, they, they're at the point where they want to do it, but I think it's good that you're pointing out is beyond want, because let's say what it, what one day I wake up and I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, you still do it because you know that, you know what, in the end is going to take me somewhere that's even more worth it. There's this girl, a uh, super sweet girl in the Sage group that my mom and I helped kind of mentor. And she was saying that She's struggled waking up early her whole life. She, I struggled too waking up early. Anyway, but the second she started shifting it rather than I struggle because I am tired. I don't want to. All about me. She started thinking, you know what? Prabhupada came here and did so much to spread this that if I th- shift my consciousness and I'm waking up for Krishna because I want to be able to chant my rounds in the early hours of the morning when everything's peaceful, then it no longer becomes what I want, but I'm doing it for Krishna. So she mm-hmm. told us how the next day her alarm sounded at 5 a.m. and she just bounced out of bed. I'm doing it for Krishna. And she started <laughs> chanting, chanting, chanting. And I was like, oh man, I better step up my game and <laughs> chant before work. But it was so beautiful to hear her enthusiasm of like, I'm not going to just do it because I don't want to wake up early, but I'm doing this for Krishna, for something higher. What is your, where your driving purpose? What is your North star that's going to guide you yeah. in the right direction? You know? Yeah. Mm. I, I have a, a little bit of a, this is saying too much about myself, but I, I no, lack, no. Uh, I think we should share more about ourselves. That was one thing. <laughs> Some of our friends, uh, my friends were like, I want to hear more about your actual, like, what is your routine? What do you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I lack conviction sometimes. Mm. Like for example, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but like, I'm not very money driven, for example. Right. I don't really care about making too much money. I would love to be able to like provide for my family and like those things, right? Like those things are wonderful. But the beyond that, I don't have like aspirations of being wealthy or right. um, just stuff like that. I don't have that kind of ambition for these sort of things. And similarly, I, I don't have like the ambition to be like, I'm going to do my job because it benefits me. Mm. So when you said that, it reminds me of how I think of it too, because I for my benefit, it's not a thought process I usually have. I think it's a trauma from childhood. <laughs> if you think about it, I just generally think about things in perspective to others. So mm-hmm. like, how can I help others is more important than how can I help myself in a general right. sense. And so. Right. So I, thinking of it that way. So then. when you think about Jabba and how like Jabba is supposed to help you get closer to Krishna, it's like not a factor, like not a motivational factor for mm, me. So right. then I have to think about this as Krishna has given me so much. Right. You know, I want to do this for him too. Like, so the way that right. she was do saying it, it, do it for like, I have to think of it that way because mm-hmm. the motivation doesn't come. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. That's nice. Like, so. you, yeah, you have to frame it in a way that'll motivate you then. So this yeah. is for Krishna. This is for my spiritual master. Cause I made a commitment. I, right. that's my, my first seva, my first service to him is doing good rounds. 
So yeah, so whatever, like whatever your psychology is, like, I think it's good to like understand and work with it because we're all a little different and we all yeah, have different right. perspectives, you know? Different right. traumas, yeah. <laughs> right. And ba basically they're saying that this fixed determination basically happens that to achieve the success, a Mahatma engages all of their activities, mental, bodily, vocal, everything, everything to serve the Lord in any way they can. You know, you just, you make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. What's great about this verse is like Krishna gives kind of like this, like kind of a checklist as to like how to have more devotion, right? right. It's like, um, you know, and making sure you try with determination, bow down before. And the thing that I love is always chanting my glories. And there's this one thing that I've always remembered and our friend, uh, you know, JC Das? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so he always used to say that there's this notion of like, you know, he was watching a Lakers game when, when Kobe Bryant was alive mm -hmm. and like, this was one of Kobe's last games and the crowd was chanting Kobe, 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 Kobe. Right? And so like, how do we show admiration for someone? We chanted their name, right? Krishna, 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 Krishna. Right? It's the same thing. It's like when we want to show that we love this person, that we admire this person, we chant their name, right? Yeah. Like the entire crowd was chanting Kobe. And in the same way, like Krishna's talking about always chanting his glories, right? And mm -hmm. essentially like chanting the Maha Mantra, whether together in a group of people or chanting silently by yourself, like Krishna's giving us the breakdown of how to get closer to him. Mm. I really mm. like that. Yeah, right? That's a good Beautiful. visualization because all these people in the stands, they know him to a superficial level yeah. and they're still showing so much devotion. Yeah. Right. And along with that metaphor of just, they were all, I'm sure they were having the time of their lives chanting for him. That connects to the last part of the purport that Prabhupada says, it's such a happy process and that's accessible for everyone because yeah. he says, not only is this devotional service easy, but it can, because we just talked about rules, regulations, yes, but it can be performed in the mood of happy service. One doesn't have to undergo any severe penance and austerity. He, Prabhupada says he can live his life in devotional service, guided by an expert spiritual master, and in any position, either as a householder or a renowned sannyasi or a brahmachari, which is like the young student phase. So in any position, anywhere in the world, he can perform his devotional service to the Supreme, to Krishna, and thus become actually Mahatma, a great soul. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to um, a really good friend of mine. Uh, she lives in the ashram. Mm. And uh, I just asked her, how are you doing? And she said, oh, it's tough, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Aww. You know, I, she's like, I can't imagine my life in any other way. This life mm. is so wonderful. And, mm. and, and that's like someone who's like devoted their life to serving Krishna and the temple community and other mm. devotees. And it's yeah. just really sweet to hear that from someone. So yeah, it's, it's true. It is a happy, it's a happy movement. Yeah. It is a happy movement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My partner who's doesn't doesn't believe in this movement, she's she's like, You're not hurting anybody and all of you seem pretty happy, so do your thing, you know. <laughs> you sure you worship a rock with googly eyes on it, but yeah, you're not hurting anybody. <laughs> just, you're just doing your own thing. So go do it. <laughs> What a perspective. Yeah, I know, right? That's so funny. Googly <laughs> eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Shaligam Shrishila, right? Yeah, Shali yeah, Shri. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Krishna. In the form of uh, the, the last episode. Govardhan Hill. Yeah, the Govardhan Hill. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Anything okay. else? No. Text oh, 15, it. ladies. Text Shamali. 15. Shamali. Okay, I'm going to get to read a text now. Okay. Others who engage in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge, worship, 
the supreme as, oh, okay, sorry. Rewind. From the top. <laughs> Others who engage in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge worship the Supreme Lord as the one without a second, as diverse in many and in the universal form. <laughs> Wait. Ooh, one more time. Yeah. That, okay. One more time. One more time. Okay. Others who engage in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge worship the Supreme Lord as the one without a second, as diverse in many and in the universal form, the line as dive. Okay, let's break it down. Let's break it down. <laughs> yeah, because I'm still confused. So, basically, one who engages in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge. So, when we're fixed in knowledge of the supreme, we worship the supreme Lord as one without a second. There's like no one like him. One Got without it. a second. Ah, oh, one without a second. A second, not as in time, but a second. Second as in, as in second place. Oh my right. God. One without a second. I like that. He that is one sense. without comparison. As Got diverse it. in many. Like that was oh, like in the previous so, verse, yeah. uh, the previous episode, Priya, you talked about how Krishna can, in the debate between an atheist and a spiritualist, check, tune into that last one. We're not going to re-explain it all, but Krishna can appear in any form. He is di as diverse in many. Krishna has the ability, the to potency be, yeah. to be anything, anyone. He can be, he, he God is one okay. and he can take the form of to cater to anyway, his devotee. Yeah. Diverse. Yes. Diverse. And not only is he divor divorced, oh my God, <laughs> not only is he diverse, but he's also the whole entire universal form okay. and cosmos and expansion. He is everything. Okay, wait. So now, now that we understand the context, read it one more time. Okay. <laughs> Others who engage in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge worship the Supreme Lord as the one without a second, as diverse in many, and in the universal form. Got it. Uh, right, right. That was great. So that was a great breakdown. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was super helpful. Oh, because basically the sacrifice by cultivation of knowledge just means taking the time to understand Krishna. Exactly. So if you try take the time to understand Krishna, you worship him as though he's the, the one. The only one. The yeah. only one, but also incredibly diverse and also the universal form. Right. So basically Love Prabhupada's it. saying this verse is the summary of the previous verses because Krishna is basically telling Arjuna that those who are purely in Krishna consciousness and don't know anything other than Krishna are Mahatmas. Yet there are other persons who maybe are not exactly in the positions of a Mahatma, but they also worship Krishna in different ways. Okay. So he's diverse in many. And some have already been described like these people who worship Krishna in different ways, maybe are described as the distressed, the financially destitute, the inquisitive, and those who are engaged in the cultivation of knowledge. But I think this is an interesting breakdown now. There are others who are still lower, and these are divided into lower three. Lower than? Lower than maybe like someone who comes to Krishna consciousness or to spirituality because they're financially broke and they're in distress. They need money. Or, they need yeah. money or whatever. They might come through that route, but it's still fine. You know, they came to this philosophy. Oh my God, beautiful. It will be helpful anyways. But there's some that are even still lower and they're broken down into three. Do you see the first one, Priya? Do you want yes. to read that? He who worships himself as one with the Supreme Lord. Ooh. So he thinks I'm God. He's like, I'm God. Yep. Shama. I'm God, but like, I'm also like, like if I worship Krishna, I'm worshiping myself. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know what? There's a lot myself. of like, like hippy dippy friends who I, I might say something about God and like, yeah, we're all God. And I'm like, well, not We're what not. I said, Sorry, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sure. And then we started having a discussion. But anyway, <laughs> Shama, do you see number two? Yep. He who concocts some form of the Supreme Lord and worships that 
Ooh. So you're basically creating a voodoo doll and you're like, this is my God now. Or like, you know, um, in that in that movie Castaway where he, he created, that, that was his God, right? Right. What was the, I, uh, the name of that? Um, Wilson? Volleyball? Wilson, right? So Wilson. Yeah. like, this is my God now. And I do want to say when <laughs> Shama kind of, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? When Shama said in a humorous way, a rock with googly eyes, it's not that whatever, whatever goes. No, we actually have these specific forms that we're trying. People say specific ancient mantras to evoke like Krishna, please enter this form and we will worship you in this way but until I'm able to see you in your divine form. But they're not any form. Like you can't exactly. just choose a shoe and be like, I'm going to bring this Krishna into totally. the shoe. Yeah. Like that not, would be this kind of person who just cut things that they can concoct right. something, right? Some random thing that they make. They right. put together right. Legos not, or something. Yeah, we're not making it up. This is in Vedic scriptures, right? So in the Vedic scriptures, exactly. it says, oh, Krishna can be worshipped in the in the form of Krishna as a figure in a wooden form or made out of metal or made out of stone, or right? marble, yeah. Or marble, right? So we have like deities which are made out of that. Right. So we follow the injunction, 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 like yeah. injunctions that the Vedic scriptures tell us not just make it up and say like, oh, this, right. this Lego Krishna is going to be a great worshipful deity. Right. Yeah. right, not like that. And I know we've talked about many times that people who are new might struggle with how can we limit God's expansive form to just this one form? We're not. We're not saying that this is his only form. We're just doing these mantras to bring his, uh, please enter this form in one of your expansions so we may worship you. And I think if, if I clear, cause you said, you know, Krishna in a Lego form, I think you can still worship Krishna in a Lego form. I think what you can do is grab a Lego and say, this is Krishna. Right. Like and you're I'm saying like, the the Lego. like you can't like, if it looks like Krishna, then you're tapping into Krishna, right? Right. Like so like a picture like, or something exactly. about Krishna, it works. But if you're like, this water bottle is Krishna and I'm going right. to worship water bottle, water bottle, water bottle. <laughs> right. that, you know, that's not. So creepy. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you saw the video, that was really creepy. Um, right. Like if a little kid were to have a little Lego form of Krishna, and let's say the kid starts praying to that little Lego that's form, fine. like Krishna, 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 that's still your heart is in the good place. He's not yeah. thinking Legos are Krishna. No, but right. yeah. And, and you then know, the third one, Shemily? Yeah, oh, the, yeah. The third one is he who accepts the universal form, the Vishva Rupa of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and worships that. So like the impersonal, like, you know, Krishna's impersonal Brahman energy is the whole expansive universe because it's not his personal form is Krishna's human form mm. is Krishna playing the flute in Goloka Vrindavan. His impersonal form would be like that whole expansive like cosmos, the universe. The universe. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. So when one thinks that's only Krishna, no, that's one of his energies. So, okay. Yeah. You're worshiping his energy indirectly, but you're not directly worshiping his personal form. Yeah. And, and Krishna wants that, right? He wants he, us the to personal relationship. The personal relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Prabhupada says that, that that third class that you were just reading, Shamali, it says the third class includes those who cannot conceive anything beyond the manifestation of the <laughs> material universe. Right. So, right. Exactly. So, so they basically just like the universe is God and that's all I can fathom. There's, right. there's no Krishna. It's just the universe is God. And that is also not necessarily... Exactly. Because we acknowledge, yes, the universe is everything comes from Krishna. So the universe is also his energy, but that's not the end all be all. Right. And it's interesting. Prabhupada says that out of the three uh, classes that we mentioned, the lowest one that we want to definitely avoid are those who worship themselves as the Supreme Lord, thinking themselves to be monists and are mostly... This this is this third category is the most predominant one that people think themselves to be Krishna or the Supreme Lord. And in this mentality, we only worship ourselves. That's so fascinating. I yeah. could I could never like 
considering my limitations, right. I can never think myself Krishna. I think know? that is so funny when someone thinks themselves God, like God's in our heart. Yes, but we are not God. I mean, <laughs> but, but at the same time, if you remember a long time ago, I told you that story about me being a kid and thinking like, we only see things from our eyes, right? So like so disconnected from perspective that we don't see other people's perspectives. We can think like the world functions through my existence. Mm, right. Yep. Like everyone else is an NPC. Is that the right term? NPC, yes. Thank you. What does yeah. that mean? Uh, non-playing non uh character character i think it's like right. basically yeah. it's just like in a video game like you're the main character and uh. everyone else is just like pretend like i can see how some people might perceive life as like everything's happening to me i am the center of it all right. and everyone else is just existing for my stories yeah. right right so i can you know, see that kind of mindset but right, right. And, and maybe it's just a little falter in uh having a backbone of philosophy to anchor yourself because someone may also think oh, divinity is in me, therefore I am divinity. Eh, not really. Oh, Divi I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. think, oh, God's in me, so I am God. They're taking a little leap that like, mm, no, right. the philosophy is missing there, but they kind of like, they're on the right track in the sense that, yes, divinity yeah, yeah, yeah. is in me, but I am not God myself. Right. We all have a droplet of right. God's divinity in us in the form of the super soul that we've talked about, but that does not equate to, and thus I am God. No, and thus I am eternally connected to God and I will derive all of my strength, satisfaction, and energy when I reconnect to that divine source, to the ocean that I'm a little extension of. And yeah. you see that a lot in like new age spiritualists, totally, right? And totally. like, especially in LA where you go to certain yoga studios and be like, let's all just be God together. <laughs> Right. Like, Please tell you, me when, what yoga studio you that hear was. That, just kidding. run, just run. Oh my god! <laughs> in the opposite direction. I yeah. think. I think it could be. Uh, like, I'm like trying to put my like play devil's advocate and put myself in those shoes and think like they must think like, well, if I do that, then I focus on me and then like I take care of. I don't know. It's just like, am I? Is it like? I, it's hard for me to understand that like, perspective, but it's like, I can see why it works, right? Yeah, because mm -hmm. I think they think they attribute any flaws because you were saying, right, How I, we couldn't possibly think that way because we see our limitations, but they might think the limitations are only due to our material body that's covering our God being within, the, oh, the soul within, you know? God, that's so and that when I, because Prabhupada said in a few purports back that they think that, yeah, yeah, the humanness, humanness is my body covering it right now, but when I lose my body again, I'll step into my true greatness oh, and I am God. Interesting. But, but that again is missing the philosophy to back it up. Like, yeah. no, when we lose our body, the soul will retain its own individual soul self and continue on its journey until Krishna. we're able to go back to Krishna, who is God. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very I think nice. that's it, guys. That's, that's it for this episode. We All will right. be on chapter nine, text number 16. And you know, last thing, if we are lucky we will be able to maybe become like one of those quote unquote maidens that the the Catholic mystic saint saw in her vision. We're not going to become God, but we'll go into his eternal pastimes and worship him eternally in the spiritual realm. I'd love to be that maiden. All right, guys. Thanks for Beautiful. listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the, the modern, modern yogi, yogi.